I'm Sheila. And I'm Hope. And we're two teachers coming to talk to you about the good, the bad, and the ugly parts of teaching. How about we introduce ourselves? Sure, Mom. So I am currently in my second year of teaching. I currently teach 11th grade English at a high school, and I received my bachelor's in theater and speech communication education with a minor in speech. All right, Mom. Now, what about you? Well... My story is going to be just a little bit longer. I've been teaching for 28 years. I started out as a special ed kindergarten teacher. Then I moved to first, second grade, and I looped with my students. So I had the same kids for two years. When I got my master's in technology, I moved on to teaching in the computer lab. And I did that for a couple of years. Decided I missed the classroom and wanted to go back to the classroom, so I moved to another building so I could teach in an immense classroom. Taught fifth grade, um, and I also did some special ed resource teaching, and now I teach gifted. I've loved every single job, and I just really feel thank you, thankful for all the opportunities. So being a second year teacher, Hope, I guess that was a little dicey especially since your first year was the year of COVID. Yeah, so I actually started teaching in 2019. So around March of last year in 2020, I can actually remember the date. It was the last day before spring break. There was some talk about COVID and how, oh, well, we might not be coming back. And I remember thinking, no, there's no way. We'll be back in two weeks. They'll make us stay home in two weeks. And then I found myself waiting and I found myself thinking, okay, you know, four weeks now, maybe we'll be back and thinking we would definitely be back by summer. However, that did not happen. And I even started my second year virtually. So it has been quite a challenge not getting my first full year of teaching. And now my second year has been crazy with essentially four first days of school. But I think we should also mention, Mom, that we teach in different districts. That is true. And while Hope teaches high school, I teach elementary. Right now, teaching gifted, I have grades second through fifth. They all come on a different day. So I see my students one day a week. Now, I remember the, the day that we did not come back. It was, we were supposed to do parent-teacher conferences. The kids were released. And I think that was a statewide thing here in Missouri that um, schools were shut down. And um, teachers went back that week uh, that we were supposed to have conferences to hand out laptops to the kids. Uh, We used Chromebooks. And teachers were supposed to get everything that they thought they might need to teach online. And that was a learning curve for me. I had to learn how to do videos, um, Zoom calls. Uh, I still liked it. Uh, I liked the projects I posted. But I could tell it was not the same as in person. And I'm really lucky that when the school school year started again, my district did in-person learning. So I got to go back. Uh, Students were given a choice of virtual or in-person. Most of my students, even when they were virtual, they would come back and uh, attend my classes. So they could learn from home, and then on their day of gifted programming, they would come to school and come to me. And uh, one of the great things 
for my building in elementary is we have much smaller class sizes because of the kids who are learning virtually. And we've even had a waiting list of kids wanting to come back to be in person. But we're really acknowledging the social distancing and making sure kids are spread apart. I think it's also important to note that I come from a school that has a a plethora of resources for our students. We have one-to-one in our classrooms. Um, so our students didn't have to necessarily do the resource pickup. And most of our students do have internet at home. Um, I work at a high school out of three high schools. Mine is the wealthiest. So my children that I were interacting with, they were not experiencing the things that some students from the other buildings were or from other districts in our area. However, our district, and I believe every school in Missouri, made it so that your grades were frozen from your last day of in-person. And we were thrown into this wild roller coaster of trying to figure out how to teach from home and our district I remember them talking about virtual snow days becoming a thing in the following year and just and realizing that we were going to have to utilize that technology earlier and so it was a really crazy few weeks after we moved to all online in the end of last year and then even trying to figure out if we were going to go to in-person And this school year, we went to virtual and then we switched to hybrid and back to virtual. And now we're hybrid again with going full on in person in two weeks. Now, when you say hybrid, you're saying um, in person one week and online one week? No. So I know some districts do that. However, at my school and the high school level, we have kids with the last names A through K on Monday, Tuesday, and kids with the other half of the alphabet on Thursday, Friday, with Wednesday being our teacher day um, for planning and communicating with students. But on top of that, I also teach just two online classes for the entire year for our online academy students. Um, And that has been an adventure in its own just because students are not behaving the same as they would in a classroom setting at home. A lot of them are working jobs during the week instead of actually using that time to work on school. Kids are turning in homework at 2 a.m. versus 2 p.m. So it's been really interesting to navigate how I teach those classes with them being designated as asynchronous and never having to meet with those kids live. I know your brother had um, his senior year ended online and he took all weighted classes and he was not happy that a lot of his peers did not have to do their homework and he was buried deep in all this homework for AP classes, dual credit classes and he found it hard and he's an excellent student. Um, he, He said it was hard to get motivated at home and he was doing the same thing you're talking about as far as turning things in, you know, early in the morning, middle of the night. His sleep schedule was all messed up. And I think it's hard for high schoolers to be able to, you know, regulate all of that. And I think a lot of parents, you know, if I would have had to have really watched over him and managed his learning, I don't know that I would have done a good job. Luckily, he did that on his own. So I could see where it would be hard for students, parents, and teachers in that situation. And I think it's important to recognize that students are having a difficult time trying to manage their learning at home. But what I would like to talk about is teachers and maybe give some advice on how to manage this life as a teacher in this time. 
Well, I, I wonder, what, what did you expect teaching to be like, and how was that different from what you ended up facing, regardless of COVID? So my first year when we were in person and being at school every day, I really, really enjoyed. Um, I had great communication with my students. I had amazing relationships with my students. I had great contact communication with parents. Um, I felt like my first year was going really well. And then COVID hit and it seemed to dwindle. I still had some, you know, those relationships developed with students. However, the difference is this year, I, I haven't been able to develop those relationships as easily, but I've really pictured teaching as what it was my first year before COVID, and now that COVID's here, it's definitely different, and I find myself struggling a bit more, and I think that's common with a lot of new teachers. I have a, I have many friends who are in their second or third year of teaching, and some of them even want to quit after this year because it's been so difficult with not only our parents, but the community around us and feeling like we are babysitters at the high school level instead of important educators. Yeah, I do think that nationwide, teachers do not get the credit and the respect that they seriously deserve. Uh, I feel really lucky because in my program, the, the parents realize that gifted is not a required service in Missouri, and so they're pretty supportive about my job teaching. Although, you know, we had a huge change this year because our screening and testing was interrupted with COVID. So my numbers dropped uh, quite a bit and we went from a two teacher program down to a one teacher program. So we're back to screening and testing again here in the spring and I'm hoping that our numbers go up so we can go back to being a two teacher program. Those smaller class sizes do make a difference and uh, I think elementary teachers are seeing that right now, at least the ones going in person. Yes, and our district has had um, K through five, or K through four, I believe, in person for a while. And I think that those teachers are seen as value in our community. But I think the, the unfortunate thing is that parents see that if we are not in school with their kids in school, they don't think we're doing their jobs. Um, and it kind of brings to mind a really unfortunate post that was on a community page on Facebook where they were asking for people to nominate Teachers of the Year. And the community's response to that was so disheartening as a teacher, especially as a second year teacher, that it, it broke my heart to see what the community was thinking of teachers just because we were teaching online 16, 17 year olds. And I think that us coming back, it's going to be a change. But honestly, I'm a little worried to have 30 kids in my classroom that is not safe enough to social distance. Yeah, uh, that's definitely something to be concerned about. I am very aware of the distance between my students and, you know, wearing the mask over the nose and all of those things to try to keep, you know, someone else's child safe in the environment that I provide. It's, it's definitely something that's on the forefront of teachers' minds. And I know teachers across the nation are worried about going back to school when we haven't had the vaccination yet. That's, that's a concern. It's a safety issue in my mind. 
I completely agree. And, you know, we could sit here and we could talk about the negative parts of our year so far and the things that worry us. But, Mom, I think it's time to talk about some positive things that have happened this year. That's a really good point, Ho. Uh, I, like I said, the, the big positive thing for me is being in person and having my students every week. And I've told them I am happy to wear a mask. A mask is not a political issue for me. If I get to see my students every week, I am happy to wear a mask. And I told them that. Uh, I had one little boy in my class tell, tell me how much he hated wearing the masks. And I said, well, if you had a choice between staying home and going virtual, which our students have that choice, and coming to school and, and wearing the mask, which would you prefer? And he looked at me and he said, well, wearing the mask, obviously. (laughs) I loved his answer because, you know, I feel the same way. The mask is worth it. And we know at our building, the mask works because we have had no in-building transfers of COVID, which I I think speaks volumes to the the research that's out there. Masks do work. Um, I've done some really fun units with my students. I've been looking at web quests again, which is a really old way of teaching from the e-mints days when two kids had a computer that they shared, um, inquiry-based learning. But I've loved the, the web quests I've done. And this semester, my favorite class that I'm teaching is comparative anatomy. The kids just finished up respiratory systems and earthworms, crayfish, frogs, and grasshoppers. And now we're starting the digestive system. Uh, Interesting that the digestive system includes the anus and the rectum. So we had to have a real grown-up discussion about how are we going to act when we discuss these words, when we read about these words. Uh, so it's it's been great, and I think the kids are really excited. I have kids asking me every week, when are we going to get to dissect? And I have to keep telling them, okay, guys, April, beginning of May. That's when we're doing it at the very end. What are some great things that have happened to you? So I mentioned previously that I am the head coach for our competitive speech team, um, which we call com- comp drama, competitive dramatics at my school. And that is just a, another word for forensics. Um, which is speech and debate. So my kids have had to structure their tournaments a little differently. And that means recording their videos. They're not going to in-person tournaments. And that's a little sad for them. But it's been so awesome still communicating with these kids and being able to see them grow. And they are doing really well at their tournaments and districts they are coming up and conferences coming up. So I'm really excited to see how they do with that. And as far as my English classroom goes, I feel like I've been able to really navigate as a teacher on our online platforms and find ways to kind of adjust our curriculum and see how it could fit and see what we really need to be talking about versus things that were just fillers. So I think it's been really interesting in those ways and figuring out how we could utilize that technology more in our classroom. So I'm not, personally, I'm not taking any paper um, this year and I'm a traveling teacher. So I go from different rooms around the building. And so I found some really neat ways to do that this year instead of lugging around all these papers um, like I did last year. 
And then also my building is super supportive. I have the most amazing coworkers. Um, I work in an apartment with about 23 English teachers and I could go to any of them and ask for advice and it's been fantastic. And my assistant principal support me, my principal supports me. So I felt like I am in a good place in that area versus sometimes the community on the outside. But they've always done a really great job of making sure that we know that we're appreciated with Dairy Queen blizzards and Chick-fil-A being catered and different things to just let them know, let us know that they care and that they see the hard work we're doing. Um, those little things have gone a lot, a long way this year. Yeah, I tell you what, the, the administration can really make a difference. At our building, our principal has gone just overboard in a good way of bringing our staff together. We had a pretty big turnover and we've got a lot of brand new teachers in our building. And every Friday, she does a celebration in the lounge where uh, she has like three posters out with different teachers in our building and we all write positive things on each poster. And then we also have treats in the lounge and it's from the favorite things that the teachers have listed at the beginning of the year. And it just really makes you feel like you've come together. I feel so much appreciated and part of a family this year. And that's that's been great. So I, I really think administrators can make a huge difference just in the climate of the building. Yes, I completely agree with you on that. Um, I think that the building that I'm in, I'm super blessed to be in, and I could see myself spending the rest of my career in this building. Um, so I agree that it's the people around you that can really make a difference, enjoying your coworkers, having those resources to be able to go to and ask advice no matter what year you are. I think that that's a super important thing. Um, talking about virtual and in-person, we use Canvas for our um, like online presence, and they encourage in-person teachers to also use it so that we will become familiar with it just in case, heaven forbid, we go virtual. And I, I kind of like Canvas. I know there's a lot of Facebook groups and stuff where people are really grouching about it and I get it it's a hard learning curve in a short amount of time but I've been using canvas as like my daily agenda but one thing I wanted to point out is that you gave me this awesome tip of no red ink for editing practice and I've been using it and the kids really like it and I love how it keeps track of how they're doing yeah, I actually, um, we use this a lot at our building for the English department, and it's a fantastic way to prepare my students for the ACT. And so I think that it's a great resource that we can use. Um, I think anybody can use it. I think um, use that Canvas or do you, what do you use? We use Schoology, and I really like Schoology. I have a few teacher friends that use Canvas, and I've kind of taken a peek at it, and I think Schoology, in my opinion, is more streamlined. Um, it reminds me a lot of Blackboard, what I used in college, but Schoology is a really great resource, so I can organize all of my work for students, um, and it allows me to 
embed a lot of resources as well as Kami, which we use to annotate resources. Um, but I know a lot of schools are still using Google Classroom and that works fine for them as well. Yeah, we switched from Google Classroom. I just find Canvas is like a private web page for me and I really like it. So even when my students sign up for choice time, where they pick things that interest them to learn about, uh, all those resources, kind of like you said, are listed on that online platform. Well, anything else that you want to talk about? Any other tips that you want to give our listeners? Mine was no red ink. Thank you. So I think the last tip that I would leave for food for thought is leaving your work life at work. Um, as a new teacher, it's been a struggle for me. Uh, my first year I was bringing home stuff to grade constantly. I was constantly just sitting there and diving in to stuff that was kind of difficult to just think about sometimes with work or how I had to plan. And this school year, I really utilized my planning time a little bit more effectively and efficiently. And I have found that leaving work at work has been really great for my mental health. You know what? That's so important. And I did not learn it by my second year. It took me actually having you <laughs> to learn that it was it was time to leave when I could leave. I'm an early bird, so I like to get there early. Nobody's there. Uh, um, I work on everything I need to get done for the day. Because I'll, I tell you what, by 2 o'clock, my energy is starting to drop off a little bit. I'm starting to wear out. And I think a lot of people don't realize uh, that teaching is such an emotional endeavor. Those kids are kids that we care about. We take under our wing. We love them and want the best for them. And that can be so emotional. I agree completely. I get to school about an hour before I am due for contract time. But to be fair, I also am gone by the end of my contract contract time. I do not stick around unless I have to. And that's because I try to get everything done in the morning and start my day off on the right foot. Yeah, and I try not to bring stuff home, just like you said. I uh, think that if we work smarter instead of harder, uh, there's a lot of things that we can easily grade at school. We can grade through Canvas. Um, some things are easier by paper, and I totally agree with, like, my final tests I do through paper because the kids can misspell things and it won't be counted wrong, whereas Canvas will count it wrong. So some things like that. But overall, I think as much as you can automate so that you're not taking those things home, that really is a stress reliever right there. Uh, one thing that you have, though, that's pretty amazing is the time you spend with other teachers in your group. You were talking the other day about walking after school sometimes together. Yeah, so we use those 30 minutes by where the kids leave and then the last 30 minutes of contract time. We usually walk around the building, especially when it's cold outside. Yeah, and just kind of get those steps in and chat about our day. We also have Google Meets during lunch instead of eating all together. So my group of teachers, they've been great for my mental health just to kind of vent when I need it. But they have also encouraged me to leave work at work and enjoy going home and enjoying your time at home and your weekends because it's really important to not have that burden on your back all the time. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I get to school... Um 
a little bit earlier than an hour, maybe an hour and a half. And I take about 30 minutes to walk the halls at my building just to feed the old Fitbit. And I'm in a Fitbit challenge every week with some friends. And I've, I've really helped my steps. If I don't take that walk in the morning for 30 minutes, I only get like 2,000 steps a day, even though I'm an elementary teacher. And so when I do take that walk, it's, it's a good 10,000 steps is my, is my goal. Sometimes it's 8,000, but still, you've got to take care of your health because it's so easy to push that to the back when you feel like you've always got a deadline you've got to meet, you've always got papers to grade, you always have parents to contact. There's a lot on every teacher's plate. I 100% agree with that. Well, we hope you've enjoyed our podcast. We've been wanting to do this for quite a while. It is February 2021, and we plan to podcast every week, and we hope you'll join us. Thanks for being here.